What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's March 27, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 117. In this episode, I'll talk all about being more functional overall. And I think this episode is so important because if we're not moving properly, or you are moving but with discomfort and pain, that's something to take care of before you get into the more serious muscle building routines with those big compound movements. So in the first question, I'll talk about overcoming knee problems. And then in the second topic, I'll talk about improving shoulder mobility and stability, which are both topics that I have personal experience in, whether that be dealing with it in my clients and also in my own body. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host on Instagram, it's Isaiah.Copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopan.com. The podcast is on Instagram at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. If you're looking for an effective way to gain muscle without putting as much stress on your joints, then you might want to try doing slow negatives for your exercises. One of the easiest ways to make your workout more difficult isn't increasing the weight, it's actually slowing the reps down, specifically during the negative portion or the easier part where you stretch the muscle as opposed to the opposing explosive flexing that happens during the concentric part of the movement. So if we're looking at something simple like a barbell bicep curl, most people know what I mean when I say that, it's easy to visualize. So that means on the way down, during that rep, you slow it down. Don't just let gravity take it down and then on the way up, yeah, you can explode up, but when you're lowering the weight down, slowing that part down makes the exercise more difficult and there's a lot to gain there. You can also slow it down on the way up if you want, but for most people, slowing down the rep during the negative part of the movement will be beneficial because a lot of the times that's where people tend to rush the exercise, like let's say on a squat, just letting gravity take you down as opposed to going down nice and slow, controlling your movement and using those muscles instead of just letting gravity do most of the work. And it's not just for building muscle as well. If we're talking about longevity, you living longer with pain-free joints, this is a way you should train a majority of the time. That's because there's less impact on your joints because you're not super focused on always increasing load. So yeah, safer for your joints. That means less risk of injury And injuries are the biggest things that can demotivate you from exercise or at least hinder your progress in the long term. Most people either quit altogether when they get an injury or take a lot of time off. You basically fall off the wagon after an injury because it is so demotivating at times. Performing your reps with a slow negative, you're also able to see exactly where your form breaks down if there is any. When you're doing movements with a slow negative, you can see everything. And of course, form over weight, form over everything, you can see breakdown in form very quickly this way. Uh, Yeah, very quickly this way. I actually saw this from Squat University's page, and he was showing how, or he was showing the benefits of slow eccentric squats and how they really challenge you. I'll link that uh, 
Instagram post in the episode notes if I can find it again before I upload this. So anyways, I tried this myself, lowering for like a 20 second negative rep. I noticed that my weight would shift from side to side and my right side, so my right toe tends to be more open than the other and actually moves a little bit during the movement, which is really weird unless I really pay attention to it. So doing your reps slowly, you can uh, maintain form a lot better. Even going back to our barbell curl example, if you add load constantly, you'll get to a point where you start to get the lower back involved, just swinging up the weight. And with the slower reps, all that tension is where you want it in the biceps instead of using the lower back to swing up the weight. Perfecting the form is more important than constantly adding weight. There's more time under tension this way also, so your muscles are just more engaged throughout the whole rep of the exercise and through the whole set. This leads to more muscle growth and gains. Obviously, this also means less wear and tear over time to your joints, especially if you're not just bouncing off of your elbows or your knees with the stretch reflex. Even moving away from what's happening with your physical body, slowing down your reps can also uh, help you stay focused during your workout or maybe just more of a mind-to-muscle connection. When you are moving slowly and intentionally, you're more likely to be present in the moment and focused on like the task at hand, basically worried about just getting the juiciest pump you can. This can help improve your mind-body connection and can actually enhance your overall workout experience. So if you're someone who's used to training with a typical uh, typical 101 tempo, a one-second negative and one-second positive lifting tempo, this is going to benefit you a lot. Slow down the negative, work on that mind-to-muscle connection, lighten the weight a little bit, stick to that for a few weeks, do a whole phase like that for every exercise, and then tell me how you feel. We're talking better longevity, injury prevention, muscle gains, which is important since you give your body some new stimulus to adapt to. So in terms of long-term health, this is something that everyone should try out, especially if you're someone new to lifting. All right, so moving on from that, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, or if you follow me on Instagram, you might already know that I've been running my own personal training business for a bit over seven years at this point. It's been mostly online post-pandemic. And now, and for the past few months, actually, I've been having to adjust to a new job I've gotten. I'm proud to say that I'm now a full-time personal trainer at Movadi Athletic, which is like an affordable but luxurious kind of gym. There's a bunch of locations across Ontario, Canada, some out in Western Canada also, so it's not exactly a household name like LA Fitness, uh, but the company has been growing the past few years. I like the staff there, the people, the whole environment. Gym equipment is great, maybe a little bit small, but we got some good machines in there. I have so much more access to train clients in different ways. They have a sled there, different functional rooms, classes available. It's pretty cool, and it's been a good, refreshing start to my year. This might be the year where I actually learn how to swim, since I have access to that now, which is pretty awesome, but in the few months I've been there, I have yet to go to the pool or the sauna. More importantly, it's a new challenge for me that I'm ready for. The other trainers there I've already learned a lot from. They're great. Now that I'm constantly surrounded by fit-minded people, it's given me the opportunity to expand my own offerings, and I'm even slowly starting to expand my knowledge even further, that's for sure. 
Uh, so yeah, that's been the start of my year. This year should be a pretty important year for me overall, and I think Movati is going to help me tremendously when it comes to getting better at my craft, better at communicating with others too, and I'm able to learn from some pretty uh, high-level trainers and managers, which is great. I've been there for a few months now, started at the end of 2022, but I didn't want to talk about it beforehand to get too ahead of myself. I've been waiting for myself to be more established there before talking about it, but yeah, it's been great so far. Our staff is great. Other personal trainers are easy to talk to, easy to bounce ideas off of. There's some really smart ones in there, some who have even more experience than me, who I can extract ideas from. I am one of the older ones there, but I don't think all of them know that yet, which is fine. The members there I haven't had a problem with. Everyone seems super friendly there, and I'm enjoying it so far. It's been starting to pick up lately, typically with how the beginning of the year usually is, especially January. I think I've been at the gym pretty much every single day, just getting my face out there. But yeah, I've enjoyed the past few months there. Everyone's super supportive when it comes to building up your clientele and your business, and everyone's willing to help others when it comes to the whole process. I've been keeping that one secret for a while, but now that's out there. I've even had some of my clients mention that they listen to the podcast too, which is super cool. All right, so about my injury. So finger update, dislocated my left ring finger, making life difficult right now, slipped in the shower. It's embarrassing for a 32-year-old male who talks about doing movements to prevent falls when you're older, but yeah. I'm glad it was just my finger, though. If I didn't catch my fall, I would have probably landed ribs first, which could have been worse. But anyways, managed to still get some workouts in this week. I think I'm more effectively challenging myself when it comes to exercises I can still do. Gripping is a bit difficult, so I've gotten or gone much lighter in movements where I have to grip. So for chest, I can't do free weights at all, which is very sad. But my gym is fortunate to have one of those flat plate-loaded chest press machines and that works good enough. So if anything, gains still continuing there because I'll just constantly get stronger on that in the meantime. The doctor did mention that I have a small avulsion fracture in my finger, but apparently it'll only take about a month to heal, so the training will be different for a few weeks here. It's been two weeks now, not too much change, like my finger's still swollen. So we'll see how it progresses. It's kind of starting to interfere with the golf season now that it is uh, kind of getting warmer here. But at this point, it's impossible for me to play or just grip anything. I did some light incline dumbbell curls because I can't grip weight fully. Legs and core are still good to go. Got to push my focus towards that. So my squat should get a big boost this month. Doing my back, though, that's hard to do because I can't grip anything. Deadlifts are impossible. Not even going to try. I can't even hold myself up for a chin-up or even a dead hang. So that should tell you how much it's affecting me right now. So for that, one of the only movements that work are cable-seated rows at like half my normal weight and just adjust uh, adjusting the tempo. So a really slow negative, high reps. Whatever I can do to stimulate the back, and I have to do what I can with lighter weight to make it feel heavy. I can also do those straight arm, straight bar pull downs. Haven't done those regularly for at least a year, so I really felt sore when I did that the first time in a while. And in terms of TV, this is my first podcast in a few weeks here, but I was talking about Physical 100 before. 
that's done now. It was pretty cool to see some of the challenges they had to go through. It was a combination of like strength, endurance, all that good stuff. Some teamwork involved too, which was cool to see. And lastly, Last of Us. Of course, we have to talk about that. By the time this airs, the show's already over. All nine episodes will have aired already. I think overall the show was good. But there were a few, I don't know, boring episodes there in the middle. But the eighth episode was a pretty good one in my opinion. I actually uh, ended up watching out or watching how it played out in the game versus the show. And it was actually very close to exactly how the game did it, which is pretty cool to see. Keep in mind that I haven't played the game in a few years, so I didn't even remember most of these scenes. But I do remember that part with David at the end. That was like a boss fight, uh, boss fight in the game. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, and my best friend showed me the behind the scenes of the show, which is also available to watch too. Again, that was, I don't know, pretty cool to see some of the actors and some of the people behind the makeup and all the stuff that goes on, like pretty insane. Question one, how to overcome knee problems. Knee problems are a common issue for many people, especially as we age or engage in physical activity. In order to overcome knee problems, it's important to understand why they occur, so why they happen, and what steps to take to manage and or prevent them. One of the most common causes of knee problems is osteoarthritis, which is a degenerative joint disease that can result in pain, stiffness, inflammation in the knee joint. Other factors that can contribute to knee problems are overuse, injuries, and improper alignment. Knee problems could also just mean some nagging knee pain that develops over time, even if you haven't gone through some kind of traumatic event or serious injury or past surgeries. To overcome knee problems, there's several strategies that can be effective. First and foremost, it's important to maintain a healthy weight. That's because if you're heavier, that's simply just more weight and extra stress on your knee joint. If you're overweight, that's just more work for your knee or that your knee has to deal with when it comes to doing literally any kind of movement. If you find yourself in this boat, what will help the most is just regular exercise like low impact activities that could be uh, biking or swimming. I don't mean doing box jumps. That's one of the worst things you can do. And trust me, I've seen people do this. Exercise will also help to strengthen the muscles around the knee and improve flexibility and range of motion because I'm all about keeping your joints healthy for the long term. In addition to all that, using proper form and technique during physical activity can help to prevent knee problems from happening in the first place. This might involve wearing proper footwear or modifying activities that place excessive strain on the knee joint, but proper form should be first and foremost, and if that means regressing in your squat form, maybe using a TRX or box squats instead, do it. Fix your form before you start to lift heavy. If you have serious knee problems, you might have to look into physical therapy, maybe even surgery in severe cases. Regardless, try what you can fix on your own too. And um, it's important to work with some kind of professional to fix the root cause of the issue without needing surgery, of course. And if you want to bulletproof your knees, there's a bunch of ways to do that. A few of my favorite exercises for the knee are things like knee circles. You got the step ups. That's one of my favorite ones to use for clients. Such a basic movement that helps with everyday life and builds a good amount of muscle right around the knee. So the quads, the hamstrings and glutes work a lot for that movement. 
There's toe taps in a circle or heel taps from an elevated surface. That's a great one. That also helps with being able to get into a pistol squat, which is an advanced single leg squat. But if you can do one of those, your knees and your leg strength are far and above most people's strengths. Jumps with a soft land, if appropriate, that would be beneficial. Towel or band stretch out the hamstrings, calf stretch, same position. You can even do tibialis anterior band pulls, which can be great because there's not a lot of exercises targeting that tiny muscle in the front of your shin. An easy stretch should be, or it would be, like lying down on your side, bringing your leg back into a quad stretch. Should you avoid squatting if you have bad knees? In most cases, no. I think you should always work towards getting a better squat, just working on it over time, practicing it properly, strengthen the areas and muscles around the knee. And people may say squats are bad, but it's actually great for you if you're constantly working on getting stronger in those positions because it works the knee joint and the important muscles around it. To sum it all up here, overcoming knee problems requires a multifaceted approach that takes into account prevention and management strategies. The best thing you can do for yourself at the end of the day is to make healthy lifestyle choices, working with health care uh, professionals as needed. There's a lot of information out there on YouTube or, I mean, just the internet in general when it comes to knee mobility, but because of that, you might not know which one works and doesn't work for you. I think it's a good idea to at least try to rehab the area yourself, educate yourself a little bit, and figure out what could be the problem. So try out exercises that work on the area and surrounding areas, and you should be able to come up with three to five exercises, maybe mobility drills that could help you, especially when it comes to maintaining healthy, pain-free knees for the rest of your life. Start small and be smart with it. Question two. How to improve shoulder mobility and stability. I know from personal experience that the shoulder is one of those parts of the body that you want to take care of. An injury there, especially a major one, affects your day-to-day life in such a big way. This is an important area to fix because of how much our shoulder does throughout the day and the range of motion that it's responsible for. It's a ball and socket joint, which means it moves through all ranges of motion. That's what I tell all of my clients because we all have to work or continue to work on shoulder mobility to a certain extent. Shoulder mobility and stability are essential for a wide range of physical activities from lifting weights to throwing a ball. If you're looking to improve your shoulder mobility and stability, there's several exercises and techniques that can be effective. I know all about this one because I dislocated my left shoulder not too long ago. Well, actually, it was two years ago now, but that was a long process for me, but I learned a lot when I rehabbed it by myself. So I'll list some of the exercises that helped me through that. Keep in mind, when I had started my whole rehab process, I couldn't even lift my arm to about like 25% of like a lateral raise. So it was really a started from the bottom kind of time in my life there. So let's get started uh, into some exercises that I think will benefit most of my listeners on here. Personally, a kettlebell bottoms up press is one of my favorite exercises to use. That's been very effective the past few years using that one with clients. In terms of working on stability, this is a great one because having that kettlebell upside down, whether you're doing a static ISO hold or actually pressing it up, any slight movement off track causes that kettlebell to get wobbly forcing those smaller shoulder stabilizer muscles to work overtime, basically. 
something you won't get from doing typical dumbbell shoulder press work. One key component of improving shoulder mobility and stability is developing strength and flexibility in the muscles around the shoulder joint. This might involve exercises like shoulder rotations, which can help to increase the range of motion and improve flexibility. Another effective exercise for improving shoulder mobility is the arm circle. This is, a, this is where you just stand, have your arms out, and just make circles with your arm. It's a good idea to start with smaller circles and then gradually get bigger. This one's simple and it can help to improve shoulder mobility and flexibility in the shoulder joint. And I always do this one as part of my daily warm-ups for me and my clients. In addition to exercises that focus on uh, mobility and flexibility, it's also important to work on building strength and stability in the muscles that support the shoulder joint. This might involve exercises like the shoulder press or the push-ups. Uh, both of those can help strengthen the muscles of the chest, shoulders, and upper back. And another effective exercise for improving shoulder stability is the plank. Believe it or not, it's not just a core exercise. Most people know how to get in a plank. You're in a push-up position, but you're resting on your forearms. For this one too, if you want to uh, do a proper plank, it's a good idea to tuck in your tailbone so that your core is engaged throughout the movement. And this movement works your shoulders as well because you have to keep yourself up. And your shoulder does a lot of the stabilizing there to keep you up. This exercise can help to build strength and stability in the shoulders as well as the core. Finally, it's important to focus on proper form and technique during physical activity to prevent injury and promote shoulder health. Just like I said with the last one, you performing exercises properly is much more important than how much weight you're lifting. If you're not lifting weights properly, then you're compromising your own risk of injury. This might involve working with a personal trainer or physical therapist to develop a safe and effective exercise program, as well as learning proper lifting techniques and avoiding activities that place excessive strain on the shoulder joint. Overall, improving shoulder mobility and stability requires a combination of exercises. You got to have your proper form and technique, and you have to stay committed to building strength and flexibility in the muscles that support the shoulder. And I mean all the joints in the body, really. Try out some of the movements I mentioned today, and they should get you started when it comes to preventing injury, improving athletic performance, and maintaining healthy, pain-free shoulders for years to come or for the rest of your life. And that concludes episode 117 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.